Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange, joined by Nick for Black Monday. Episode number three, we're coming at you with early uh, redraft strategy for the early rounds, rounds one to three. Um, we're going to start off by going through some kind of frequently asked questions that you'll, a lot of questions you'll have a lot, and I hear them a lot. Um, and then we'll go round by round, kind of who we, who we like in the rounds, who we don't like, maybe who we'd pick instead, and kind of like the tier breaks and how you should um, uh, approach your, your early round draft. And maybe if you're allowed to do trades as well, that the tier break especially might help you in that area if you can move back to more talent-rich areas. Um, Nick, how are you doing today? Yeah, good, man. Yeah, I'm excited to kind of talk about this stuff. Uh, we're a ways out from the season, but this is kind of some tangible, like, okay, this is kind of how I group players. This is where I put them in a tier. This is where I would draft them. Uh, even though if, if you're looking at best ball leagues throughout the summer, I think this could be of help. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, and we're starting to get to that point. I know it does. It seems like the season's really far away. It's probably just because there's no sports on. But um, Probably. It's man, it's getting it's getting close to like prime fantasy football time. Like like June and July is when the the more casual players start to really really get into fantasy football. And like the degenerates like us who've been in fantasy for fucking since February. But uh, without further ado, let's. Uh, I'm gonna hit that intro and then and then we'll dig right into this. They called it Black Monday. No shit. All right, so the best place to draft from, I, I've been asked this a million times. Uh, in, my, in my big money league that I play with a bunch of my buddies, we actually have a system where you can um, pick your draft slot. So this is an important question. A lot of people want to know, is, should I pick at the turn? Should I pick first? Should I pick in the middle of the first round? Like what, what's the best spot to draft from? I actually put out a poll. I'll put this up on the screen right now. On our uh, Fantasy Stock Exchange Twitter account, if you're not following, you should be. Uh, we tweet out all of our uh, videos when they when they go live and and whatnot. Um, I put out a poll saying what's the best place to draft from and redraft this year. And uh, top two and three to six were like uh, pretty big uh, winners. But uh, I, I agree with the public here. I think it is three to six, and specifically like five or six is where I would say it is. Um, don't get me wrong, Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley are awesome. They're they're a huge advantage to have in fantasy football. But the difference between them. And Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, and Dalvin Cook, who are like the running back you could get at the five or six spot, is is smaller to me than the difference between um, Aaron Jones and Leonard Fournette, who you would be getting at the back of the second round after your first pick, and uh, Austin Eckler, Miles Sanders, uh, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, those kind of guys that you can get potentially uh, earlier in the second round. Yeah, uh, so I like five and six as well. Uh, that's probably where I would have drafted, even though three is not my favorite position. Honestly, though, uh, if I'm going to make a pick, I think I'm going to usually go for slot eight, maybe slot 10, because um, I can get someone like Jacobs or Mixon and then follow it up, almost be guaranteed to get one of Eckler or Miles Sanders, I guess is like a worst case scenario, which I'm totally fine with. Uh, and then kind of moving forward, I like being on the turn. So if I get those two bell cow running backs going at either the eight or the 10 slot, I feel pretty good about my draft moving forward from there. Yeah, I think especially the turn pick, especially for newer players, is harder because you have to reach on players, right? 
or quote unquote reach. I, I'm not the biggest value-based drafting person. I think value is completely subjective and it really doesn't mean shit until the, to- when the toe hits the leather on Sundays anyway. So, um, yeah, but to me, like I said, the, the top two running backs are as big of an advantage as you can get in fantasy football, those two guys. But if I have to choose between CMC and Aaron Jones and Kamara and Eckler, I'm going to take Kamara and Eckler every time. So, um, now let's transition into where you don't want to be drafting from because this is a big thing. And, and every year there seems to be a spot that's just a death spot. Like you, you don't know what, who to pick once you get there. And this year to me, it doesn't seem like there's a clear answer because, um, because the depth at the top at wide receiver is so high, there's like four or five like really tier one guys at the wide receiver position. And there's so many like – there's probably ten guys that you could take in the first round as running backs. It's, it's not a clear answer to me because I don't think you're like reaching if you pick Josh Jacobs at number seven overall. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I was trying to look at it earlier and I was trying to come up with an answer and really – Three was kind of coming to mind because there is a tier break between Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley and, you know, the next guys like mm-hmm. Zeke and all of that. But but still, I mean, you're still getting Zeke. So it's not like a big deal. And uh, I mean, at the end of the first round, say there was a huge run on running backs or something uh, and you're I'm kind of stuck with a wide receiver I don't want to take. And so I have to reach. I would be bummed out, but I, I don't think that's ever going to happen still. So. Yeah, that's that's what I wrote down here. I said the 108 to the 111 is basically the area I'm referring to, and it all just depends how the draft goes beforehand. Because if like Michael Thomas is still on the board at like the 111, you might be like, oh, like I, I probably should take Michael Thomas here, right? Like he's so safe, he's going to get so much volume, but you just don't want to. So, pretty much the area of the draft where you have to take a receiver because to take a running back would be stupid is basically where I'm referring to is like the place you don't want to be picking from. And that's all going to depend on your league and how, how teams draft. And in my league, for example, um, people like safety in my league. So Michael Thomas will probably go higher than he would in most leagues. And uh, same goes for Devonte Adams and Julio Jones. Those guys will probably go higher than normal. So I'm probably safe. Like Nick said, at the end of the, like at the one twelve, I might get like Joe Mixon there because people might be like, Oh, he's on the Bengals, like offensive line issues. So, it all depends on your, on your league. Um, but yeah, like I said, if you're somehow caught in between tier breaks of running backs where you have just like way better receivers on the board, clearly than the running backs that are available, then that's, you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place and you're not going to feel good about your draft starting off, but hopefully that doesn't happen to you. Um, next, as you could clearly tell by this conversation, what position should I prioritize at the beginning of my draft? Well, clearly we're talking running backs at the early of the draft. Um, running backs may be the least important position in real football, but they're by far the most important in fantasy. Um, of the top 15 players, uh, on fantasy playoff rosters last year, seven were running backs and three of the top five were running backs. And these guys were all early round running backs too, not late round guys. They were all like Dalvin cook, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, like all these guys were drafted early on, um, hitting on an elite RB one season virtually guarantees you playoffs. And if you do it twice, by taking two guys early in the draft, like you're, you're a lock. You're, you're making the playoffs every time because you can piece together wide receiver, tight end and quarterback production either later in the draft or via the waiver wire or whatever. So um, for example, uh, hitting on an elite running back, like I said, it guarantees you the playoffs. Christian McCaffrey, if you had Christian McCaffrey on the team, 84, 84% of your rosters made the playoffs. 
Dalvin Cook, 74%. Derrick Henry, 64%. Aaron Jones, 64%. All of these guys were drafted in the first three rounds last year. They weren't late-round guys. And whereas guys like Chris Godwin, Brashad Perriman, A.J. Brown, Devontae Parker, those were four of the top five receivers on playoff rosters, Michael Thomas being the other one. And then all of those guys went after round three. So you can definitely find wide receiver one type production later in the draft. And it's much harder to do so with running backs without injury occurring. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm in the same boat as you. So without going over kind of the same things of saying why I think you need to go running back early, uh, I'm going to say that wide receivers, if you kind of look at their production over the last, you know, several years, uh, but even it's creeping up more last year and two years ago, the production is spreading out. You know, there isn't a true, like Michael Thomas last year was really the only wide receiver that produced like a running back one. Everything else though, is like a wide receiver three compared to a wide receiver one have very similar numbers. Like the gap is tiny. If you compare a running back three with a running back one, the gap becomes much, much bigger. You know, like to find these guys later on in the draft is it's basically banking on injury. If you're expecting yeah. to get a bell cow with a wide receiver, like you can get these guys that break out like Godwin and uh, Par- like, I guess, Paraman kind like of Cortland but, Sutton last year was a late round pick. Yeah, totally. I mean, all these guys you can get later, but this year, I mean, in the third round, people are taking guys like Devin Singletary. That's the third round, you know, guys like Todd, like I already don't feel great about those guys, you know? So I want to get the, get guys early that I, I feel good about, and then I can get my receivers later. Yeah. And you might think that like taking Miles Sanders, for example, I'll use him because he's a very talked about running back. It's like, is he safe or not? Um, you might think that taking Miles Sanders over DeAndre Hopkins is stupid because DeAndre Hopkins is a wide receiver and he's going to post like safe production no matter what. Only like two to three receivers per year actually post safe production. Like most wide receivers bust like 40% of the time. Like outside of the top five, it's like virtually all of them like are 50-50 shots. So you're, like running backs is where you actually get consistency. If you hit on a running back that's getting 15, 20, 25 touches a game, like he's in your lineup. You don't have to worry about it. Your only fear is injury pretty much. Yeah. Well, and the VORP, you know, value, value over replacement is massive with the running back. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, he's, he's probably going to be incredible. But when you compare him to guys that you can get later, you know, that you can grab a few receivers and probably – if, if you pick right, you can get someone who can be a wide receiver one later. Like I said, you can't really do that with a running back. So just the value over replacement to go in the second round, like running back, it, 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 you can't really beat it. So. Yeah. And like I said, value-based drafting is subjective. When people tell you to draft based on value, it's what they perceive the value to be. So don't think you have to pick a player just because his value is higher. Like it, it really doesn't matter. Like I said, once the toe hits the leather on Sundays, if your team does not have good running backs, you will be like the convicts before they got Earl Meg. Y'all got a running back? Not any good ones. It, it, like, <laughs> if you don't have good running backs, you are fucked. Like, it's bottom line. You, you can't yeah. compete for a fantasy championship without good running backs. And again, on the value perspective, scarcity creates value. So the running back position is scarce. Which, mean, which means they're going to be high demand. So it's okay to reach on them. If you have to take Miles Sanders in the early second round, might feel gross at the time, but it's not going to feel gross after week three. Completely agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So 
now we're going to get into more of the outlooks of the rounds. And I used um, a fantasy football calculator. The reason I didn't use expert league data, and this is kind of a big pet peeve of mine, that uh, some, some YouTube channels and some uh, fantasy advisors will give um, expert league data for ADP. But the problem with that is that people who are listening to fantasy football advice aren't using, ADP, or aren't using expert league ADP because they don't draft like experts draft. And usually those people that are listening to that stuff are ahead of their league mates. So if you're not using expert league uh, drafting strategies, then your league mates sure as hell aren't. So you are drafting home league um, players. You're drafting quarterbacks early, like not you per se, but your league mates might be. So I don't, I just personally don't like using expert league uh, data to show ADP because I don't think it's very helpful. So um, let's, I'll put this on the screen right now. So we got, the top five picks or top six picks really are kind of chalky. It's just Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Michael Thomas, Zeke Elliott, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, and then I'll throw Derek Henry and Josh Jacobs in there. I, I think the, the, no matter what you slice it, these are going to be the top eight picks. I think Michael Thomas falls in there somewhere. It depends where. Maybe another receiver sneaks in there ahead of Jacobs, but this is pretty chalky to me. Uh. Yeah, that's that's chalk to me. I am lower on Henry, I would say, than consensus. Like for me and my general rankings, I've got Mixon over Henry. Luckily, I'm probably never going to really have to make that decision. I'm just out on the Titans offense this year. I think there was uh, a lot of things that went right. A lot of efficiency went their way last year, and I, I don't really see it bouncing back, even though I, I really do love Derrick Henry as a runner. He's a monster. Uh, I just I don't believe in the Titans doing it again. So yeah, but I, I think that is the chalk. Yeah. And um, what, to me, what's, we said that it's a tear break after Barkley and McCaffrey. The reason we say that is because these guys have monopolies on their backfield. If you look at Zeke, Kamara, Cook, Henry, and Jacobs, they have another guy in their backfield with them. Zeke has, has Pollard, Kamara has, has um, Latavius Murray, Cook has Alexander Madison, Henry has Darrington Evans. I don't know how much he's going to actually contribute, but Barkley and McCaffrey, like there's no one behind them. Like, and they're three down workhorses. They're getting all the goal line work, all the receiving work, like 250 plus carries. Like they, they are workhorses. So that's why they're just a, a touch ahead of those guys. It's also like talent has something to do with it as well. So that's basically yeah. the, the difference between the two tiers of running backs there for me. Yeah, their team has gone all in on them as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they keep they try to say they need to stop giving McCaffrey the ball so much, but he's so good, they can't stop giving him the ball. And, like, in New York, I don't even know who they have. I think they might have Deion Lewis. Yeah, really they signed like Deion Lewis. Sa it's like dust, though, behind Saquon. He's so good when he's got the ball. It's like, how do you not give him the ball consistently? You know, like Tony Pollard, on the other hand, who's backing up Zeke, like, I think he's super talented. Every time he touches the ball, he looks really good. Uh, it's, it's like, it could be a concern. Like it, he could show out some games. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, like I said, you said you were lower on Henry. I'm not personally. I, there's very few, I, like you're going to hear this argument a lot. People are going to be like, well, I don't want to take Derrick Henry that high because he doesn't catch passes. It doesn't fucking matter for Derrick Henry. I, I just want to point that out to some people because some people just assume, oh, he doesn't catch passes. He's a little bit lower than these guys. No, Derrick Henry, to me, don't overthink Derrick Henry. He's going to get like 25 carries a game. And I, I, I just don't think he, he's worth uh, fretting over. And Josh Jacobs and Joe Mixon are a little bit down below Derrick Henry to me because they don't catch as many passes as we would like them to catch also. But uh, they don't get as many carries as Derrick Henry. And I also think the Titans offense is a little bit better than the, 
than the um, the Raiders and the Bengals offense. Uh, let's talk about the receivers at the bottom of the round. Cause I know me and you wouldn't probably be doing this um, to me. A uh, hot Hopkins should not be a first round pick to me. I think if you're going to put a receiver in that range, it should be Julio Jones because Julio Jones is, is super fucking safe. Like, you know, you're getting 160, 180 targets out of Julio Jones in a high powered offense. It's going to throw the ball a lot with, and here's the important thing to me with a quarterback. He has so much chemistry with because Deandre Hopkins with a potentially shortened off season going to a new team. It's a risk. I'm not, I'm obviously Deandre Hopkins has performed with fucking Ryan Mallett and Brandon Wheaton and all these crap quarterbacks. So if anyone can do it, he can, but it's still a concern when receivers switch teams you saw it with Odell Beckham last year. It sometimes the chemistry just isn't there. And if there's a season that chemistry suffers, it's going to be this one because they have already missed OTAs and uh, mini camps. Yeah. I'm also out on Hopkins as a first round pick. Really. I probably won't have any Hopkins this year because he'll probably go early second, if not late first. And I agree with really everything you just said. Devonte Adams for me, is my wide receiver one. I mean, I know there's Michael Thomas, but I, I just feel like uh, the Aaron Rodgers revenge narrative going into this year, going along with also the talent around uh, Devontae Adams and that wide receiver core is awful. I mean, Alan Lazard played better than anyone thought he was going to last year, but it's it's not looking good. I mean, they signed Devin Funchess. We'll see what he can do. I feel like Devontae is not only safe, but his ceiling is extremely high. Uh, I also love Tyreek at the end of the yep. first round, uh, but – I'm really not going to end up with these guys because I'm going to be, you know, targeting running back. If one doesn't fall to me, I would just reach for one. So, yeah. So I'm going to put up um, my top 12 in terms of my rankings and I have them tiered as well. As you can see in my top 12, I do have Julio Jones in my top 12. So I would be fine with someone taking him as a, as a first round pick. But to be honest, the only guys that I would really take in the first round are Tyree kill, uh, sorry, receivers that I would only take in the first round are Tyree kill and Michael Thomas, just because, the ceiling perspective for Tyree Hills is massive. He's playing with the best quarterback in the league. Um, and then Thomas, obviously, he's just going to catch like 140 passes. So that is obvious, especially if you're in any kind of PPR league, he's just super safe. Um, uh, one last thing I wanted to touch on, Austin Eckler should be a first rounder. That, that's all. Like, I, I, he should be a first rounder. People can keep doubting the dude's efficiency, but the guy's volume is going to increase. Like, Melvin Gordon left the team. Whether you believe in um josh kelly or not he's not going to be as good as melvin gordon nor is he going to get as much volume as melvin gordon got so if you think eckler's volume or his efficiency can't keep up which it probably will because he's super good at football but if you think his efficiency can't keep up the vacated carries goal line carries and some of the receptions from gordon should fill, uh, funnel into eckler and some of the other backs in the backfield so to me eckler is very safe i i don't see why people are overthinking him yeah, I, I love Eckler. I think the the only knock I can come up with switching from last year to this year is when they have Tyrod, a quarterback, he's yeah. likely not going to throw the running back as much. But I think all of that gets offset by the fact that Melvin's no longer there. Uh, Eckler's a beast. You know, he worked his way up from being undrafted, was super athletic, coming out of a college called Western State. Uh, shows up, you know, and balls out. Everything he's done has just been balling. They just signed him to a, a pretty sweet contract, you know, like an actual reasonable, good running back contract. They locked him in. Uh, and, yeah, I just – I don't see Justin Jackson or Josh Kelly, who I actually like Josh Kelly. I just don't see them fucking with Austin Eckler. You know? Yeah, and <laughs> – yeah, exactly. And I think 
the, the, the narrative you said is, is, is one that a lot of people have is that Rivers checks down a lot. Well, the thing is, Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey are different animals. They work out of the slot. They're receiving weapons. They're not just check down guys. So the heat doesn't check down too much. Like to me, it's that only applies to someone like, I don't know. I'm trying to think like maybe like Joe Mixon, for example, Joe Mixon's yeah, a great receiver, it. but they don't use him as, as good of a receiver as Joe Mixon is. They don't put him in the slot on 30 plus percent of his snaps like they do with Austin Eckler. So the Austin Eckler, like, he does obviously get hurt by Rivers a little bit, but I, I think it's offset by the fact that of how he's actually used in the offense. I agree. Yeah, I agree. He's not someone like, like I, I would say rather than Mixon either like Jacobs, he's not someone yeah. like that who, who like needs the court. He, he makes, he's, he's a great pass catcher. They use him a lot. He's, he's like, he's, I don't know. I love Eckler. Yeah. All right. So let's dig into the second round. I'll throw the ADP up here. Um, this one's a little different than I would do it, to say the least. Uh, as you can see, there's a tight end and two quarterbacks in the second round. Um, I want to talk about the wideouts first because we mentioned I mentioned that there's like a top like five wideouts to me. And Hopkins was in the first round. I guess it'd be the top six then. Um, to me, after Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, the tier drops off a little bit. I, Kenny Galladay, I believe, is my next rated receiver after them. But I think you, you shouldn't take anyone other than the six receivers off the board thus far in the first two rounds. I don't think Kenny Galladay, DJ Moore, um, I don't know, whoever else, Odell Beckham, I don't think any of them deserve to go higher than the beginning of the third round. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I, uh, I, it's dicey for me. Early second round, I'm still going to go running back. Late second round, if guys like, uh, like if a Julio fell to the late second round, you know, I'd, I'd be considering someone like him maybe bouncing back in the third round with someone like Fournette or something. But I think there is for sure a top six with wide receivers. And after that, it's a big drop off. Yeah. And as I mentioned before, I, I took, I took fantasy football calculator ADP. So they have Mahomes and Lamar Jackson going at the two Oh six and the two Oh seven. And this is probably going to happen. If you're in a home league, people you work with, people you go to school with, whatever, people are going to take Mahomes and Lamar Jackson probably in the first two rounds, if not the back of the first round. So this is something to you listening to this, you're getting value information not to draft quarterbacks early. So you just take advantage. If you're picking at the 208, like um, this guy was, he got Aaron Jones there. Like that's, that's a solid pick. I'm not completely out on Aaron Jones. He makes me a little nervous, but um, that's a good pick. Like quarterbacks and tight ends are just going to push running backs and, and high end wide receivers down the board. So don't get, definitely can't be upset if people are taking quarterbacks in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Just be stoked that your league mates did it and uh, just don't do it yourself. You know, it drops, uh, it drops players that we like down further to us. And so we like it when our teammates like make mistakes like that. And I, I do consider that uh, a mistake. I think the second round uh, quarterbacks are clearly kind of landmines. I'm not a huge guy on uh, taking a tight end early. Uh, but I do, I do want to mention uh, Nick Chubb and Kenyon Drake, you know, guys that we haven't talked about yet at the top of the second round. For me, Kenyon Drake, uh, we haven't mentioned him. I love Kenyon Drake this year. I, uh, I think he is in that same tier with uh, Eckler. I, even, I, I would have him above Sanders personally. I think that uh, that Arizona offense, even if Hopkins is like kind of slow to the party and slow to working in, he's still DeAndre Hopkins. And uh, yep. Kenyon Drake, I think, is going to show – out this year uh I just want to say that Chubb I guess I'm a little more concerned with Chubb just the fact that they brought back uh oh my gosh I just I blanked on his name 
Hunt. Yeah, Kareem Hunt. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, just the fact that they brought back Kareem Hunt, he's going to catch the passes. You know, like Nick Chubb, I think he can catch passes, but that's not how they utilize him. You know, like Kareem Hunt is concerning to me personally. Enough that I love Nick Chubb, but just at the early second round, I would rather have like Drake, Eckler, really, or Sanders over Chubb just because of that. Yeah, I currently have it. Eckler, Drake, Chubb, uh, Edward Solaire, and Sanders is how I have it currently. Um, okay. To me, the, the, the Stefanski hire and the scheme that he brings and the run-heavy nature that he's going to bring to the team, along with the two tackles that they added, to me, it's enough to balance out a little bit that Chubb will be at least as effective as he was last year. And I think the offense takes a step forward, so hopefully he'll get a little bit more lucky in the touchdown department and whatnot. So I, I do think he's relatively safe still. But yeah, like you said, he can't be – I think his ceiling is capped at probably like RB6 is his like high-end because he doesn't catch passes, and I don't think I don't anticipate the Browns having 15 score. Like I don't think he's gonna have 15 touchdowns or something like that. So, um, yeah, one guy we didn't mention is Clyde Edwards-Helaire. I think this is a little low for him personally. 210, I I would pick him probably over Aaron Jones. So, I I know he's he's a rookie, and you don't want to completely buy in right away. But Andy Reid compared him to Brian Westbrook right away. He he's the first round pick on the guy on a team that got to the, or that won the Super Bowl with Damian Williams and Shady McCoy and stuff. So they really did not need Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They just thought so much of the kid that they had to pick him there. So I think maybe he starts off a little slow. And we went into that on a previous Black Monday episode. Pair him up with a veteran running back that you can use in your lineup to until Clyde Edwards-Hilaire takes over the backfield. But by week four, week five, week six, this dude should be an RB1. So I, I definitely – Love Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And, um, yeah, one last thing I just wanted to touch on. I don't take tight ends early. So, Travis Kelsey, yeah, probably good value here. He's probably about where he should go, but not for me. So, if if you're like I am and you like when people take tight ends in front of you, then, again, more value slipping to you. Um, on to the next round. We got the third round here, and this is just gross. So, um, the, the ADP here, there is not many players on here that I would actually take in the third round. Yeah, uh, me neither, honestly. Third round is looking pretty gross. Like, when you uh, kind of sent this over and I was taking it over, I was like, man, dude, I, I like Leonard Fournette this year just because, I mean, they still, even though they're talking about trading him, they didn't bring anyone else in. And he it's, it's a contract year. Uh, you know, maybe we get angry Lenny. You know, maybe he scores, you know, rather than get stuffed on the one-yard line like 20 times. So he literally got stuffed yeah. on the one-yard line it's so much less. Maybe this year he scores some of those, you know, and gets some big points. He's got, I would say, a lot of upside. But as I look after that, like David Johnson, uh, Chris Carson, which he'll go low. This is before the Hyde thing, but still. Uh, Todd Gurley, Devin Singletary. Uh, gross, you know. So gross. Um, yeah. I'm going to put up, uh, my, my current like rankings from 25 to 36, which would be the round, uh, three. <laughs> there's not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of, um, matches to who's actually going in that range and who I would pick there. So, uh, like I said, uh, Fournette, I'm a little bit lower on, I personally think the hundred targets are not going to happen again. So that's, that's my big thing with Leonard Fournette. Plus I also think there's a slight chance he gets traded. Um, before the season starts, they were shopping him, I believe, at some point, and no one would even give him mm-hmm. like a sixth round pick or something. If someone goes down in training camp, I could see Leonard Fournette getting moved. Uh, Kenny Galladay, as I mentioned, I, I I love Kenny Galladay. I would I would pick him in the early third round here. This is probably why I would wait on running backs, is because I can get Kenny Galladay in the third round, 
and he's a bona fide wide receiver one, and I would have two stud running backs to pair him with. Um, Cooper Cup, I, I prefer Robert Woods. I have him ranked higher. So um, I wouldn't take Cooper Cup probably until like the mid-fourth round, and I would probably take Robert Woods around the early or the uh, late third round-ish. But yeah, the running backs, as you mentioned here, like David Johnson, Chris Carson, Todd Gurley, like I want absolutely nothing to do with those guys. Yeah. Uh, wide receiver. I think, I mean, on this list, I'm not a huge fan. I, I love Thielen. I love Amari Cooper. Uh, and I love, I like Galladay a lot. I think I'm a little lower on him than you are. I would take Thielen personally over him as well as, uh, I would think I would even take DJ Moore really over him. Yeah. Moore's uh, not in here, but I, he should be. Yeah. I was, I was pretty blown away with, by that as well as Jonathan Taylor. I feel like at this point he should for sure be a third round pick. Uh, I'm all in on Jonathan Taylor, even, even as a rookie, the Colts line is incredible. Uh, he has always been incredible. I, I think, I think third round pick for sure. Uh, especially over these running backs that are listed here, but the wide receivers. Yeah. I, I think Cooper cup. I, I don't think he's the best wide receiver on his team. I think Robert Woods is a much, much better player. Allen Robinson is also missing from this list. I love Allen Robinson. I feel like he's you know late third I would take him in the late third, mid third, personally. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Me too. Um, yeah, as I as I mentioned, uh, I I don't un- I don't understand some of these running backs being up here. David Johnson to me is just a volume guy. He's the definition of volume is king, and to me, he's going to be very inefficient. He's not going to help you win a championship. He might help you come in fourth, but um, Lamar me, Miller and uh, Le'Veon Bell is actually the pick right after this too. So he's also someone I'm completely out on. And as you mentioned, Jonathan Taylor, I would take over all these guys like easily. And this is kind of the big difference between an expert leagues consensus ADP and more best ball and home league type ADPs because experts, they do research, they watch film, they study the analytics profile of all these rookie running backs. Like your, your home league mates, you watching this video probably means you have an edge up on them. You've probably known about Leonard for or not Leonard Fournette, Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Edwards Hilaire and JK Dobbins and all these guys for a lot longer than they have. If your league is anything like mine. So yeah, take advantage of, of the fact that they don't know the rookies. So they might not pick them over proven commodities when you know that Jonathan Taylor is going to be a stud. So there's a lot of landmines in this, in this round. And I, I would say of the 12 guys here, the only ones that aren't landmines are, Kenny Galladay, George Kittle, even though I don't like tight ends early, Melvin Gordon, Adam Thielen. Uh, Odell Beckham makes me super nervous as well. Just his demeanor is like, I don't, he just, there's not good vibes around Odell Beckham. So I don't yeah. like picking him. And then Amari Cooper, as you said, yeah, he's, he's fine. But his situation worries me a little bit too with CD Lamb coming in. And then Todd Gurley, like I wouldn't pick him if he was in the eighth round. So, and then uh, Devin Singletary. I'm, I'm warming up a little bit on Singletary. I think that's about the right range for him. Yeah, I think uh, I'm opposite on Singletary. I'm, I'm out on Singletary. I, I think he's like a slow, undersized grinder, <laughs> and uh, I'm just – I'm not into it. Uh, yeah, everything else you just said, I agree. It's weird. I love OBJ. I've always, like, even liked his antics. I like his fiery diva wide receiverness. For some reason, I just, I don't know, I feel off about him this year. I haven't been able to, like, catch that fire. But Yeah, uh, and that's that's a real thing. Like, when you go into your draft, don't pick guys that have you have a gut feeling about. Because sometimes that's, that's, that'll be accurate. I've had that before, and I've been like, last year it was David Johnson. I had a gut feeling about David Johnson, and I nearly picked him. 
But at the last second, I was like, no, I'm going to pick – I think I picked a, a receiver. I don't even remember who it was over him instead, which I normally wouldn't do. But it was that part of the draft where I was like, I got to just pick a receiver. I can't pick David Johnson. And that worked out well for me. He was pretty good at the beginning of the season, but he tapered off big time. And I avoided that. So if you have a bad feeling about someone, just don't pick them just because we tell you to or someone else tells you to or because the value is there or whatever. Totally. Yeah, you want to feel good about your own team. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to like – reach on all of like my guys. I don't want to do that because I'm going to be wrong. You're going to be wrong. We're all going to be wrong sometimes. So like sometimes you got to look and take, take in other people's opinions and kind of look at ADP, but you never want to leave a draft being like, man, I knew I did not want to take that guy. And I did anyways, uh, on the David Johnson narrative, just if you think, if you consider, if you start trying to talk yourself into him, you know, like, Oh, he's on the Texans team, blah, blah, blah. Just remember Lamar Miller, you know, he was on that team for years. They gave him the ball a lot. And did he do anything for your fantasy team? No. So I just don't, don't take David Johnson. Yeah. And Lamar Miller is a better running back, like running the football than David Johnson is right now. Like David Johnson cannot run the football. Like, I don't know if you've watched the last two years in Arizona, he can't run the ball. And I know what you're thinking. Well, he's going to catch all the passes. Well, Deshaun Watson of the Houston Texans, lowest amount of uh, passes uh, to the running back. Do you remember Duke Johnson last year? Everyone picked him in the sixth round. Everyone, people who who did the research knew that the Texans don't throw to their running backs at all, specifically Deshaun Watson, mainly because he's like so mobile. His first instinct is just to run. But yeah, Duke Johnson didn't work out and neither will David Johnson if if you think he's just going to catch 70, 80 passes or whatever. So um, a few guys I just wanted to mention that weren't going in the, th- the top three rounds that I personally would pick this high. I'm in some situations I might not have to because they would fall to me in a pre- uh, a later round, but, uh, Devonte Parker to me belongs in this range. I-, I would take him over Cooper cup any day of the week. Um, also, uh, AJ Brown towards the end of this round probably is where I would be looking towards him. I, I know some people are thinking he's just the back end of the uh, the year darling that happens every year, breaks out in the playoffs and at the end of the year and everyone's all high on him the next year and he disappoints. I don't think that's the case with A.J. Brown. I think he's a stud. I think he's going to continue to get better. And then uh, Terry McLaurin. I, I, I love Terry McLaurin so fucking much. I can't, I, I can't even explain how much I love Terry McLaurin. I don't have to pick him this high, but I think he deserves to go this high because I think this is where he will finish in this range. So um, I think that's it. You wanna, do you have anything else to add before we get out of here? No. Yeah. I think those are some good honorable mentions. Uh, just, uh, yeah. Make sure you take Allen Robinson. I think he's going to crush this year. Yeah. Allen Robinson, DJ Moore as well. We've, uh, mentioned those guys previous. These guys, like if they're not third round picks, I don't know what the fuck we're doing as a community. So, yeah. Um, make sure you guys are checking everything out. We're uh, doing on Twitter, follow the fantasy stock exchange, Twitter account. That'll be linked in the description. Follow Nick, follow myself. Um, make sure you join the discord. We're always engaging with you there. Like comment, subscribe, tell us, uh, who you think uh, the tier breaks are, landmines, potential values, what your favorite strategies are. And if you have any questions, uh, feel free to fire away in the comments. Uh, that's And any ideas for the show too. We're, we're, me and Nick can't come up with everything. So if you guys want to hear us talk about stuff, then feel free to fire away in the comments section below. So um, uh, enjoy your Monday, everyone, and uh, take care. Sweet. Later.